0: Welcome to Way Too Seriously, the podcast where we watch kids' movies and then take them way too seriously. I'm Paul Moffat. I'm Jan Moffat. And this week we watched and we'll be talking about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Jan, do you want to tell us a bit about this movie? I sure do.
1: Oscar-winning film, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, is a 2018 uh, Marvel-Sony film. It was directed by Bob Pershetti, Peter Ramsey, and Rodney Rotham. The screenplay by Phil Lord, as well as Rothman. It stars the melodious voices of <laughs> Shameek Moore, Jake Johnson, Haley Steinfeld, Ma- Mahershala Ali. Uh, Lily Tomlin, John Mulaney, Kimiko Glenn, Nicholas Cage, Lee Schreiber, etc., 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 Chris Pine. Paul, what's the plot of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse?
0: Teenager Miles Morales gets bitten by a radioactive spider and becomes Spider-Man. In the process, he accidentally witnesses the death of Peter Parker... Meanwhile, the Kingpin is creating a super collider to cross parallel universes. And five and four other spider people come to Miles' universe. And one of them, really, mainly mainly Peter B. Parker, teaches him how to be Spider-Man. Miles, with the help of the other spider people, stops Kingpin, saves the day... And learns that he really just needed to believe in himself. Okie dokie. <laughs> the, the power was within him all along. That, that, that was a bit of a mess. There's parallel universes and everyone's Spider-Man. So, Jan, objectively speaking, how good of a job is everybody doing on this movie?
1: Can I just say that you corrected yourself to four. It is five.
0: Well, five including him.
1: No. Six including him.
0: There's Peter B. Parker, Dark Peter Darker, <laughs>
1: yeah, Gwen Stacy,
0: Gwen Stacy, Spider Ham. Oh,
1: and, Spider- and that, Noir. that makes
0: five. Huh. So there's six, including him. You're right. I I Spider Man Noir. I'm, I call him Peter Darker. Clever. In my own mind. Yep. So objectively, how good of a movie? How good of a job is everybody doing making a movie?
1: So it just won the Oscar for Best Animated Feature. However, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. But in this case, pretty much does. It is... I mean, let's start with the animation. It's amazing. It's the comic book style that goes from... It just keeps changing and it's like like a kaleidoscope of comic book style and graffiti style all mashed together it is beautiful
0: i agree totally the animation is like nothing i've ever seen it's like remember the uh i remember way back ang lee's hulk was like trying to make a car a comic book movie that seemed comic booky yeah and it was like just didn't pull it off. No. And this movie, I think, partly because it's animated, yeah, but also partly because it just has a much more nuanced and sophisticated understanding of the aesthetics of comic books. But but for both of those reasons, this is like the kind of aesthetic that I think Ang Lee was aiming for. Yeah. <laughs> of like, this feels like a comic book become become a movie. Yep. I love the animation. It is so good.
1: Like, and what about it is so good? It's like the the interaction of words with the on the screen, and so you'll have someone punch some someone and have it. I mean, which is like the old Batman movie. You know, you punch someone and it says "pow," but also like it's the way it's integrated into the actual movie makes a lot more sense than it ever did it in that.
0: Yeah, it's like I mean. What it, what is so impressive about it we could like go on and on right yeah. because the integration of the words that makes it seem comic booky panel word panels that he kind of reacts to as if he recognizes that they're there yeah. he doesn't quite break the fourth wall but he like responds to them that's great yeah it's more than just like pow when he hits someone it's like his thoughts are get narrated and it, well, and then part of spider-man's power is what is like
1: his he suddenly thinks in speech bubbles it isn't until he gets the spider-man power that he thinks like that
0: yeah and then he has the comic book he reads a comic book that where things are happening in the same way as are happening to him because symbolically and barely symbolically he's become a comic book character yeah like in world but then like so there's that then there's like even apart from the the mechanisms or the paraphernalia of comic book like panel lines and speech bubbles and that like wipe all that away and there's what you were saying about it. it's got like a graffiti aesthetic mm-hmm. there's like the uh and not just a graffiti effect aesthetic it's like built into the movie the aesthetics of a lot of the movie are like miles's art mm-hmm. right specifically so that like that's just the color choices, and there's you know m- sequences where the color is unrealistic, is uh, uh, stylized, and it's stylized not just comic booky, but Miles's graffiti art, yeah, and graffiti art in general. That's an aesthetic that you're aware of, but specifically Miles's, right? Yeah. And then add to that, like strip that away, and you've still got. A very stylized movie from the beginning, just like the way everyone looks and the coloring of it all the way through, even when it's not really uh, conspicuously graffitiish or comic bookish, is like uh, unique. Mm-hmm.
1: Like the lines on their faces yeah. are very just a very unique design. I love it. It's
0: got a strong sense of style. You could take a uh, shot from this movie. Any shot from this movie, and it is instantly recognizable as this movie and not any other movie. And we complain, I mean complain, we have commented often on the kinds of movies that like, if you haven't watched this movie, take a screenshot from, you know, Stork, Secret Life of Pets, Hotel Transylvania, Boss Baby, you know,
1: like,
0: those movies all look the same. This movie does not look like any other movie. Yeah. And even, like, I can't say, I can't praise uh, Cartoon Saloon highly enough. They look like no one else, but they look like each other. This uh, is the first one by this creative team. Yeah. Right? And so there may be another Spider-Man movie that looks like it, but it's exciting to see the first one that looks like this you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I think we're going to gush too much. We got got to move on to like the voice acting yep. a little bit, which is also really good. Really good. I really uh Jake Johnson as the older Peter Parker is just he just uh, is so perfect. I don't know. He sounds a little bit like Ryan Reynolds uh Deadpool in a bit of a way. Which I kind of like. Mm-hmm. He's just all and all the voice act. Ha- I mean, like, Miles Morales, uh, Shamik Moore, who I don't know this actor at all, really. No, me neither. He's fantastic. I mean, is there anyone who's not doing a great job? No.
0: <laughs> no. They're all great. Yeah. Like, all the voice actors are great. I... I don't know that I have much more to say about it than that because if there was a weak point, if there was a weak spot, we could talk about it. But like, it's A plus all the way across, right?
1: Yeah. And so, what's moving on from objectively, non objectively?
0: How much did you like it? I loved it. Me too. We saw this movie in theaters, just the two of us, because we weren't sure. If it would be okay for our kids. And then we decided it was and watched it with our kids just now. Um, and seeing it a second time, like, it, I really, really enjoyed it a second time. And the first time in theaters, I, like, l- had a ball. I loved it. Yes. I, I completely agree. And even,
1: like, I've always le- enjoyed Spider-Man movies. I haven't read a ton of Spider-Man comics, But this movie has, like, 100% won me over to Spider-Man. Like, I want to read all of Miles Morales' comics. I want to... Like, I feel like I finally get it. I finally fully get why people like Spider-Man so much. Yeah. It's just, like, I'm all in after watching this. It was wonderful. And we... Saw it in the theaters, we were going to, like, just rent it, stream it today, and it wasn't actually available for just streaming. It was only available to buy, and I was like, mm, I think we're just going to buy this one, because I would like to own it and watch it many more times.
0: Yeah. I'm very comfortable saying it's my favorite Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Um, by quite a lot, actually. Like, I liked Spider-Man uh, Homecoming. Yeah. And I liked Spider Man, the uh, first two (laughs) Spider Man movies with. uh, Tobey Maguire? Tobey Maguire. I liked them a lot. Uh, Andrew Garfield's Spider Man, there were things about it I liked, but I didn't love either of those movies, really. But this one is like much my favorite. Yeah. So good. And like I, we were having a conversation before we started recording of like, what are we going to say about this movie when we talk about it? And I was like, I like to, even when I really love a movie, I like to like, well, what is there? You know, what can we critique? And in terms of the quality of the movie, I can't think of anything. No. I think this is such a good movie.
1: Yep, I agree. So let's get into the way Way too too
0: seriously
1: portion of our show.
0: Let's. What do you want to take way too seriously about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse?
1: Well, I think that unlike other movies where we're generally finding problematic things in the way too seriously, I more just want to praise this movie in the way too seriously and talk about how it uh, it really incorporates a lot of things into it that we've never seen before in a movie like this. Go on. And I think that having an African-American Spider-Man, he already existed in the comics, mm-hmm. but we've never seen him on screen. Nope. And so to get this brand new Spider-Man this fresh take on Spider Man was fantastic and is such amazing representation and it doesn't it doesn't just like slap a black face on Peter Parker. No. He's a whole different character. He has a whole different background. This isn't Uncle Ben dying and him becoming Spider Man. This is Miles Morales who's got a Latina mother and a black father and an uncle who is who does die but he's also like he turns out he's a bad guy it's it's complicated and it's interesting and it's they don't take the black experience and just make it irrelevant they make it completely relevant to miles and spider-man
0: i want to like you said he's african-american and you said he's black but he's half dominican you're right so he's biracial and that's like that's part of also, his identity. He's not just, like, the Dominican doesn't count. Yes, you're right. Right? Right. But I feel like, uh... I... heard a lot of positive things about Miles Morales all, like, long before this movie came out. Like you, I... I've read a small handful of Spider-Man comics, but I'm... mostly the comics I read are DC or, or Image. Uh... Not a lot of mainstream Marvel, historically. Um, So I haven't read any Miles Morales comics. And I was like... Watching this movie made me want to go back and read every Miles Morales comic. And it made me like... Despite the fact that I haven't read a ton, I've read a handful of Spider-Man comics, and I feel like I have a handle on at least my conception of what Spider-Man is supposed to be about. And I feel like what this movie does and what it what I understand Miles morales to do in the comics too is like put its finger really well on what makes Spider-Man Spider-Man and then change everything that isn't important. Yeah. And it there's a There's a story like when back when uh there was a campaign to make um uh, Donald, Donald Glover. Glover. There's a campaign to make Donald Glover Spider-Man in a Spider-Man movie, right? And we talked
1: about this in our um, Spider-Man Homecoming episode.
0: We did, and he had this in- interview. I did. I, did we tell this story? No. So he had. He has this interview, or this. I don't know if it was an interview. Him talking to a camera that I've seen where he says, like, I got a lot of hate from people, and I got this one guy who was, like, really not uh, abusive or, like, didn't call me names or anything. He just said, like, there's Peter Parker's... There are no black kids like Peter Parker. And Donald Glover says, and that letter made me madder than any other one because you think there's no black kids who live in Brooklyn with their aunt and are nerdy, and, like... And I feel like uh, one of the things that's great about Miles is he's, like you said, it's like the accidentals, the specifics of Peter's experience aren't reproduced, but, like, he's this nerdy kid who lives with both his parents, but who lives, like, in Brooklyn, and he has the important parts of kind of this outsider, underdog, nerdy, but wants to be part of the, like feels like the world's too big for him that is like key to spider-man's character and it's not peter parker but it's great yep absolutely. <laughs> you know and like yeah i really like the way uh the specifics are still specific to a different context but the the heart of what those specifics build to, of who Spider-Man needs to be for the character. To, I mean, the, the character for this kind of superhero Spider-Man is that, like, he's got to be an underdog. He's got to be someone that the message of this movie feels really in sync with the core message of Spider-Man in general, which is he's just some guy who got superpowers, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. It's
0: what. More than anything sets Spider man apart from your Superman Batman, like he's not exceptional except that he suddenly became exceptional and Miles is that in this movie at least, and my understanding is in general, that core of spider man they capture in a new character so beautifully,
1: yeah, I completely agree because like what's important about some the thing that's important about Spider man is that he's a teenager. And, I mean, it's tricky to continue with that when he has aged in the comics and whatnot. And so they have this new character who's going through this experience of becoming Spider-Man and this... uh, And, like, it's comparing it to puberty. (laughs) Like, explicitly. Explicitly comparing it to (laughs) puberty and just... That is the original idea behind a lot of Marvel, is it's just, like, some regular kid yep. who gets this. He, and I think a lot of regular kids who watch this movie will see themselves in Miles.
0: Yeah, for sure. And um. it's,
1: and the fortunate thing is it's not just white kids who are going to see themselves in Miles. Yeah. Which is
0: long overdue. Yeah, and this is where, like... I'm not this guy that was writing to Donald Glover and saying Peter Parker couldn't be black. He could be, right? Yeah. But what I love about this movie, what this movie does for Miles is like, uh, and what having a new character, and Miles isn't that new anymore, but when he came out as a new character, is it's uh, forget all the baggage that has been piled on the continuity and get this experience, get this... uh, experience of discovering power and responsibility at the same time and that being overwhelming like do that in a way that's fresh and new and engaging yeah so can we talk a little bit about women in this movie let's
1: so this is you know a male-led movie the first the main two characters are male yep but you have uh, Gwen Stacy a spider Gwen spider woman Whatever you want to call her.
0: Yeah, she's called... She calls herself Spider-Woman. I don't remember her being called Spider-Gwen at all in the movie. Yeah. But that's like her comic is called Spider-Gwen. They show a flash of her comics that are called right. Spider-Gwen. So, our kid, by the way, both our daughters, but especially our older daughter, was like... So, her by far selling point in this movie was Spider-Gwen. Yeah. She was exactly. so excited to see Spider-Gwen in a movie.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. So go on. Sorry.
1: So she is fantastic. She is uh she's interesting and competent and a developed character. And mm-hmm. you you know her motivations. You know her her strength and her weaknesses. I really appreciate that. She, it's risky. Like when I think about this movie, it's risky because she's seems a little bit like the smurfette mm-hmm. of the group until but then they introduce penny parker mm-hmm. who is not really a developed character but no neither are any of the three that get introduced and but also aunt may yep you have an aunt may who's super competent who has uh this whole setup in her basement that clearly she's in charge of yeah and has been the power behind uh a lot of this Dead Peter Parker's world.
0: I have to say, I love, uh, like, Power Aunt May yeah. <laughs> in this movie. That exactly. is a uh, breath of fresh air. Um, yeah, so, like, I feel like the danger with, uh, Gwen Stacy that they come close to stepping in is the, like, quote strong female characters with capital letters. That, yeah, like she's has no weakness and no vulnerability and is great at everything. Yeah. Right? But they they don't So the two the two dangers. That she'll be a smurfette and that she'll be like uh unrealistically overcomp overcompetent without any weaknesses or vulnerabilities. Uh yeah. and they Avoid both of those, I think, although they skirt close to both of them. Yeah. To Agreed. be fair. Because really, there's three, there's two groupings of three spider people. Yeah. There's the three who have characters and the three who are essentially sight gags. Yeah. And there's a Smurfette in each of those groups of three. Yeah. Right? So why, why couldn't there be, like, there's six Spider-Men, six spider people and two of them are uh, female. Yeah. So why not three? Yeah. Why not four?
1: One of them is a pig.
0: One of them is a pig. He is male. (laughs) He's a male pig. And like in terms of hyper-competent, like really what saves that for me is that uh, Peter B. Parker is the only one who isn't. Yeah. All the alternate world spider people are like good at being spider people. Yeah. And competent and great at, at being spider people. And even Peter B. Parker is like a schlub personally, but is like when it very, comes to fighting, he's very competent. Very competent as Spider Man. And the other thing that saves it, of course, is that she gets more I mean, maybe except for Peter B. Parker, she gets the like her tragic backstory is given the most actual emotional weight. Yeah. Right? So she has real vulnerability that's relevant to the plot. Sort of. Sort of. They she
1: also, uh, there's kind of tension, like like a romantic tension between her and Miles that's never resolved. Mm-hmm. There's They never, like, kiss. They never, uh, he, she goes back to her own universe without some, like, tragic, I don't want to leave you speech. Yep. Which I very much appreciated. I think they sidestepped that as well.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's actually, you're right. The other thing they could have done and skirted close to but avoided is she's miles's reward for becoming spider-man yeah but they don't do that no so,
1: they there's definitely like tension there but it's never actual fulfillment of it which i think is a good idea
0: yeah that like he leaves and the, her her personal character arc is like i don't want to have any friends because i've been harm. i've been emotionally hurt by my friend dying and she ends by being like let's be friends yeah exactly right yeah and it The movie prioritizes her emotional development over uh, compulsory heterosexual pairing in a film. absolutely. Right? So, like the rules of how movies are supposed to work is your female lead and your male lead are together by the end of the movie, especially if they have attraction at the beginning of the movie. But that wasn't what her emotional arc in the movie needed. Yeah. So they don't do it. Thumbs up.
1: Thumbs up. Anything else that you well, want just, to take In
0: seriously? terms of um, gender, there's also Doc Ock.
1: Right, yes.
0: That, like, that's the other thing about uh, female villains. Female villains are good. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, this is less common. This has already become a lot less common, but there's a, a trope of, like, Women are too good for this world and all female all girls and women are pure and good and wonderful and heroic and outstanding and uh movies that are afraid to make women villainous. And so a female dog hawk is great.
1: Yep. I like that she is you kind of expect her to be the, this nerdy possible helper yep. at the beginning. Or like you expect her to be like when she first meets Peter Parker to just be like, "Wow, I'm really interested in you because of scientific reasons and I strap you in this chair and get your DNA and wow, you're so interesting" and then, "Oh, it turns out that she's a total villain."
0: Because of course she is. She's working she is. at the Kingpin's evil lab. Yeah, That's a exactly. great reveal.
1: Yeah, it's a great reveal.
0: Yep. Are you familiar with the um online theories and rumors about Doc Ock in this movie. So she says, uh, My friends call me Liv, my enemies call me Doc Ock, right? Right. And then she shows up at the door, and uh, Aunt May says, Oh, great, it's Liv. I did not notice that. And Aunt May, in this universe, clearly scientifically uh, inclined.
1: Uh Right?
0: So the theory is, Oh, there's not a theory there's evidence in the movie that they know each other yeah. at least on friendly terms that maybe they were colleagues at some point the theory is that they were romantically involved at some point oh, that's, really? that's where the internet has taken that <laughs> interesting interesting
1: i was more thinking my initial thought when you said that was that she was that uh she was going to be a hero and uh, may made her suit or helped her with her
0: suit nope there's, like, not a lot of textual evidence, but there's, a the internet has kind of, certain corners of the internet have kind of run with, a like, uh, their exes.
1: That's funny. I like it.
0: Um, that's why she rings the doorbell, and that's why Aunt May says, oh, great, it's Liv.
1: Yeah.
0: I have two other things to take seriously in this movie, and one is heavy, and the other is light. Right. Which should I hit first?
1: Give me your light take first.
0: How does Spider-Ham eat hot dogs? That doesn't seem ethical. They're beef.
1: They're all beef hot dogs. (laughs) Still,
0: even so. Pigs are omnivores. Pigs are omnivores. That's true, I guess. I guess, okay, if they're all beef hot dogs, you gotta have a lot of faith that they're definitely all beef hot dogs. I, I, okay. In New
1: York, they sell all beef hot dogs because you don't sell pork hot dogs in a Jewish neighborhood,
0: for example. okay, I know. So, you, you, that you persuaded me. Okay, resolved. Resolved. <laughs> so be it resolved. Now, here's the other one Miles' uncle. Mm hmm. What do we want to make of him? Because, like, in, on one level, I, I see three things going on here, right? all of which are interesting and all of which I think can take some interrogation. Mm-hmm. The first is it's the same story as Peter Parker, his uncle dies and he's feels responsible. And so he feels with great power comes great responsibility. And that's what gives him the drive to become Spider-Man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The beats of the story are the same. Then there's like, from just a storytelling perspective, uh, It's quite satisfying or compelling to, like, his uncle also has a secret, like, other people have full lives. Yeah. And their full lives are not necessarily what you expect or good or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, in terms of characterization, that his uncle has a whole life that is not revolving around Miles. And that, like... The villain, the henchman, has a personal relationship to Miles, and that, like, they're each revealed to each other. Like, all the layers of these are well crafted. Yes. And very compelling. Right. Even
1: we see when he takes Miles to the place where he spray paints, that's connected to the villain's layer
0: and that's not a coincidence. No, and it seems like just a coincidence. Mm-hmm. And then when you realize you're like everything that seemed kinda lazy in the story is like, no, not lazy at all. Very careful. Yep. Yep. And then there's the third kind of layer of things, which is like What do we think about when you make uh, Spider-Man into a person of color, his relatives are criminals?
1: I think that it's just, we can't erase what um, the past of two brothers from Brooklyn might have been. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And to have one who chose to be a cop and live the family life and another who chose to live a criminal life is not, is, I don't know, like, realistic. What do I know? But it's, it kind of makes sense. It's metaphorical. That there's kind of this dichotomy of Mm -hmm. what you can choose Mm -hmm. if you're growing up poor in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. I guess we don't have evidence, poor, but I just assume. (laughs) I just make assumptions.
0: Yeah, right.
1: But maybe that's playing. Yeah, maybe it's playing into my assumptions and my racism, right there. So maybe it is a problem.
0: I don't know. And on one hand, I think of like we watched not for way too seriously, and we're not going to talk about it on this show, but this week. For our own amusement, we watched uh, The Hate You Give. Yeah. And there's a movie where what we see on screen is the... uh, People of color live in a uh, neighborhood that's... uh, Plagued by crime and drugs by design, like, by uh, institutionally... uh, they They talk about institutionally ingrained systemic racism that makes yeah. these neighborhoods be more susceptible to crime, right
1: exactly so like I can
0: bring that into this movie and say a the African American brothers, one of whom becomes a cop and the other of whom becomes a criminal, is like a reflection of um options that seem available. Due to systemic uh, racism that narrows the options for black men, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And even in that that movie, there's a brother who's a cop and a brother who's an ex-con.
0: Yep. But having said that, I also, like, come back to Donald Glover and, like, you couldn't have the... Black Spider Man just be a guy who lives in Brooklyn with his aunt and goes to high school and is a nerd, you know he has to have a criminal uncle, yeah, you know, yep, I'm not sure I'm not bringing this up because I'm like wagging my finger at the movie, I'm bringing it up because i'm I'm unsure what uh whether it's to the good or not, which doesn't, which, as I've said in previous movies, that's not code for I secretly think it's bad that's yep. genuinely I'm not sure.
1: Yep, exactly. And we have our own prejudices going into this that we can't ignore either.
0: Yeah. And, like, I try to interrogate them, and I try not to let my prejudices stand. Uh, but the more deeply ingrained they are, the more dangerous they are, and the less likely I am to know, notice them and know to challenge them, right? Yep. So it's the prejudices that I watch, and I'm like, yeah, it totally makes sense that the black guy's uncle is a criminal, (laughs) but, like, wait a minute, don't let that stand unchallenged. Yeah, exactly. Right?
1: Yeah. So so lastly, let's just talk a little bit about Kingpin, Wilson Mm -hmm. Fisk, and his whole... The whole plot revolves around he's trying to get his family back so they won't be dead. Right. And they died trying to... Uh, trying, uh, running away after they see him, like, strangling Spider-Man. Yeah. And this idea that somehow if he gets them back, even from a different dimension, everything will be fine. Mm-hmm. And that core belief in us that if somehow I can just make someone not dead, it, everything will be fine. And he's completely betrayed by them seeing him doing the same thing. Right. He's I don't know what more there is to say about that, other than well, like it just it goes it, like he can't change himself, yeah, possibly doing a criminal thing to get back your family doesn't actually work out.
0: I think he's parallel the parallel is with Peter B. Parker,
1: right, yes, um he can't get back Mary Jane and he can't
0: get back Mary Jane until he changes himself. yeah, right. And the movie ends hopeful for Peter Peter B. Parker, who has uh reaching out to Mary Jane having learned and changed himself. Yeah. Um, and Wilson Fisk represents the like the desire to manipulate the world into a world that you don't have to change and grow to fit into.
1: Yeah exactly right
0: you change the world and you change everything to make to accommodate where you already are and compare and I guess Peter B Parker is the like he gets his wife he uh, learns to change to try to uh, make his wife happy is the way to get her back and then the like miles in a different way is like adapts himself to the world to grow yeah right
1: yep so is it good is it seriously good it's good it's
0: good it's seriously good
1: it's seriously good it is a good and seriously good movie (laughs)
0: short conversation
1: there very short conversation there i i think i even posted on our twitter feed when it won the oscar i was like we haven't done this one yet but it's good and seriously good yeah now having all this conversation yeah stand by that totally good and seriously good definitely one of the best movies i saw this year
0: one of what was the this is like maybe not the appropriate place to put this uh <laughs> in this podcast but let's do it anyway what was the best movie that you saw this year Good and seriously good terms taken together. This one?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of all the movies that I saw this past year. Do you mean like in 2018 or 2019?
0: 2018.
1: I can't remember what movies I saw. <laughs> I think it's this one if I can't think of anything else. What about the, you?
0: I, this one and Paddington 2 was so good. <laughs> <laughs> It really was. It was. You fade, time fades away and you're like, was it really as good as that? But it really was. It really was. Yep. All right. So if you have
1: some thoughts on Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, let us know. Uh, You can tweet us at WTSCast. You can send us a long form email At waytooSeriouslyCast at gmail.com.
0: It should be long form, though, with correct salutations, our names, and uh, dear uh, sir or madam, to whom it may concern, yours with all sincerity, your, you know, all that stuff. Or just like,
1: yo, (laughs) what up? (laughs) If you love what we do, if you like what we do, if you think what we do is fun you can support us on patreon patreon.com slash clockworks you could also give us a rating or a view a little like thumbs up five stars whatever uh, we told people to give us a picture of themselves giving a thumbs up and one person two people i can't remember how many people did but it was it i was only grinned. remember one it but... made me happy <laughs> it did yeah I even forgot that I asked that, so (laughs) do it again, people. Show me your actual picture of your thumbs up. That would that would make my day.
0: Alright. Well I've been Paul Moffitt. I've been Jan Moffitt. And let's do this one more time from the top. Or not. (laughs) Oh, my God.